This is Power and Consequence. Welcome back to Power and Consequence. I'm Matt. And I am Anna. And this is our podcast where we break down propaganda on a case-by-case basis. Today is a special day because we have a guest host, practicing attorney and good friend of ours, Ellen. Yay! Yay! What's going on, Ellen? Hello, everyone. Quick but necessary disclaimer, nothing I say here is legal advice. So... so Damn, I was going to ask you about my taxes, but anyways. Ah. <laughs> She's not a tax attorney, so. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, here we are. And people who follow the uh, the show on Twitter, the dozens and dozens of you. or at There least are to- dozens of us. <gasps> yeah. Dozens. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah, yeah, you may have known that we uh, announced last week that we were going to take a break for a few weeks. Um, and then something happened last week, uh, something awful. Um, a gunman murdered eight people at multiple massage parlors in the Atlanta area. Uh, six of them were reportedly women of Asian descent. And this is ostensibly, according to the killer, because he had a quote-unquote sex addiction. And, yeah. And people are trying... It, it seems like people are trying to call this anything than what it probably is, which is like, you know, a symptom of racism you know i I don't know why everyone seems to avoid that the cop who you know why well the cop that gave the announcement totally overshadowed that or glossed over that and said that the killer was quote having a bad day and then he resigned from his position as a public information officer so oh i thought he was fired i didn't think it was a resignation he resigned well he resigned from the position i he's still a cop as far as i know he's just not the guy who does press conferences that's the last i heard well, that would be insensitive to keep him on, so. Mm. Yeah, well, it seems he's having a bad day. Anyway, so that happened, and, you know, racism, xenophobia, it's it's not limited. Misogyny. Mm. Yeah, it, it doesn't it doesn't exist in a vacuum. The, this thing is pervasive, uh, and so with that in mind, I thought it was important to talk about uh, an American politician who's actively spreading these types of messages. So uh, we're just going to get right into it. Uh, okay. So Anna, Ellen, um, are either of you familiar with the name Mo Brooks? Yes. Oh. No, not you at don't? all. Okay. <laughs> A- Anna, what do you know about Mo Brooks? Um, you know what? I'd rather not say. I, th- oh. I think I'll, I'll think I'll just get, <laughs> I'll just get angry. Dude's an idiot. Oh, okay. Um, Basically, dude's an idiot. He's a right-wing propagandist. I don't know how he still has a job. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. So, basically, uh, Mo Brooks is a represent- U.S. representative from Alabama. Uh, he says a lot of stupid shit. Uh, that's kind of putting it too simply. He announced just today that he intends to run for the Senate, actually. Boo. Yeah, and guess who is closely tied to him in his Senate run? I guess as an advisor or some type of role? Stephen Miller. Yes. Yes! Whoa. God, I'm so D- good nice. at this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and are we, we for those of us listening who don't know who Stephen Miller is, he was a close advisor to uh, President Trump. He worked for the entirety of the Trump administration. He was arguably the architect behind some of the worst policies, including the, um, the n- zero-tolerance policy uh, undocumented immigrant prosecution policy, which led to increased separate family separations at the Southern border. And um, he was also a chief architect of the Muslim man. Yes, he was. He wow. was that. Yep. Mm-hmm. Both things that they, 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 uh, Trump administration tried to cover for by saying that these are things that started with uh, democratic uh, administrations, uh, which it's kind of an, we may, maybe we'll get into that. I mean, Yes, but also no. <laughs> so, Ellen, you're you're familiar somewhat with Stephen Miller? Uh. A little bit. I know him as one of the more kind of scary people from Trump's orbit. Yeah, he he he's Nosferatu looking fucker. There's there is there is evidence to suggest that he might in fact be 
like just a f- an out and out white supremacist. Um, <laughs> oh, he- I thought you were gonna say there's evidence he might in fact be Nosferatu. <laughs> <laughs> He, he might be Max Shrek. I don't know. He might be the guy. That would explain a lot, actually, come to think of it. Maybe maybe that's why I don't get him. Anyways, anyways, he's not the he's not the main point here. Let's so we're 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 gonna okay. get right to it. So yeah, Brooks, the U.S. representative, uh, he announced he's gonna run for the Senate. Um, By the way, my guess earlier of Stephen Miller, it was a total guess, but these people have patterns. And so I pretty much knew exactly who was going to be running that campaign. Well, Stephen Miller's going to come up again in a minute here. So, yeah, Great. Brooks, just real quick. Uh, yeah, he has been a U.S. rep for Alabama's 5th District since 2011. Before that, he was a commissioner for Madison County, special assistant attorney general for state of Alabama before that, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Uh, law degree. So he's 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 one of you actually technically yeah (laughs) given given lawyers a good name uh so real quick we're gonna pull up that's like saying jeff sessions gave lawyers a good name like come on Mm -hmm. there's so many lawyers (laughs) (laughs) Yep. i don't know if you could generalize at all that's true but speaking as a as a uh as a U.S. representative, just a couple of key votes uh, from last year. Um, terminate border wall. So these are votes from Mo Brooks. Terminate border wall emergency declaration that passed in the uh, in the House. Brooks voted against that. Uh, reimpose federal net neutrality rules that passed. Brooks voted against that. Uh, expand restrictions on online campaign ads. Regulate foreign involvement in elections that passed. Brooks, uh, Brooks voted against that. Huh. Uh, <laughs> you, start, you get in the picture here? Man. Mandate federal approval before some states can change voting practices. That passed the House. Uh, Brooks voted against that. I wonder why. Yeah. Uh, oh, and impeach Donald Trump, you can guess. Well, yeah, I mean. Yeah. Yeah. He voted yes? No, I'm kidding. Yeah. Uh, right. Surprise. He- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thought he was going to zig. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So that's, he votes no a lot. So at least for things like that. Anyway, I'm sure he voted yes a lot when Trump was in charge. Uh, yeah. So that's pretty much Brooks. We kind of get the idea. By the way, Brooks was also one of the uh, representatives named by Ali Alexander a few months ago as one of Alexander's uh, supposed partners in planning the January 6th um, Save America rally. Uh, Brooks actually spoke at that rally. Um Anyway, he lay, Brooks later claimed that he spoke at that rally, which, you know, preceded a violent insurrection at the invitation of the White House and not from communication and invitation from Ali Alexander, who is a right wing troll weirdo. Wow. So anyways, that's Brooks. And he uh, gave an interview uh, on Newsmax on March 11th, which was basically not covered at all because it was pretty much on brand for Brooks. Um, so nobody really talked about it, but I wanted uh, to talk about it. Yeah. Newsmax. Yes. The height of journalistic integrity. Oh, yeah. They 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 definitely have, like, all the ethics. Uh, Ellen, you're familiar with Newsmax? Very vaguely. Uh, do you know what OAN is? American uh, One American News? Yeah, I've heard of that. Newsmax is kind of, like, exists in that world, more or less. Okay. So, uh, Brooks gave an interview. Uh, it's only about nine, ten minutes long, but the segment itself says a lot. So, the interviewer um, was a guy named John Bachman, right? And I'm going to get to him in a, a little later. But Any relation to Michelle? No, I was just thinking. No, no, no. they spell it differently. Okay. Um, so, Bachman gets right into it, hits the ground running, and he asks Brooks uh, what uh, the congressman would ask of President Biden and VP Harris uh, just if they had access, because, you know, it's the whole like, you know, narrative of Biden doesn't talk to the American people or give press conferences. So Bachman's like, what would you ask President Biden? And this is what Brooks had to say right out of the gate. What would you like to ask Joe Biden or Kamala Harris if you had a minute or two to bend their ear? How many lives, American lives, are they willing to lose in exchange for open borders? By way of example, over the last few years, we've averaged close to 2,000 Americans who are killed, they're dead, each year at the hands of illegal aliens. And as they import more illegal aliens, the question becomes, how high will the death toll get? And at what point are they willing to secure our southern border? That's an astounding number, Congressman. Where does that come from? 
That comes from federal government crime data. If you need the actual source, I'm sure my staff can get it to you. <laughs> oh, I'm sure they can. Huh. Yeah. So so what do, we, what do we think about that comment? If there were 2,000 Americans dying at the hands of illegal immigrants, this every, would not every be... Every year. Every year. This would not be the first we were hearing about it. It would be all over the right-wing blogosphere. Yeah. I mean, even CNN would have to cover something like that. I mean, that that's a relevant... That, that could be framed as a relevant number, if if accurate. Ellen, thoughts? Yeah, I that seems like something I would have heard of was my first thought. And then also, I was wondering if they even keep data on that. I mean, it seems like a hard thing to track because you wouldn't necessarily know um, somebody's immigration status if they've gone through a criminal case. So I'm not... I don't know. It <laughs> seems kind of something that would be hard for him to know. You're on the right track. I like where your head's at. So, yeah, uh, yes, there, there's a lot to this clip. Uh, first of all, I don't like the implication of undocumented persons uh, as an inherent threat to the safety of Americans. And by the way, Americans, mm. you'll he uses that word a lot, and you're going to find out that that's basically a code word. Uh, <laughs> for white Americans? I eh, We'll see. So... Uh, Probably. Yeah, it's like, look, this type of propaganda is what led to Patrick Crucius murdering 23 people in an El Paso Walmart because of a, quote, Hispanic invasion of Texas. Those were his words, right? Uh, by the way, uh, just a reminder to everyone, in the aftermath of that massacre, Trump condemned video games and the internet in general for the shootings. Yeah. Wow. And, yeah. The, the internet in general. <laughs> yeah, basically. He, he didn't specify who on the internet might be... <laughs> I, you know, so maybe a certain someone who was permanently banned from Twitter. Hmm. Yeah. And Can't think of who that would be, though. Supposedly, Trump is going to open his own social media net, uh, platform in a few months. I did hear that. I think that's yeah. a grift. I think he's going to get um, he's going to get uh, like fundraising and then ah. he's going to he's going to walk away and say that Nancy Pelosi sabotaged him or something. <laughs> that's my guess. <laughs> That's a pretty good guess, actually. I feel like if you were to 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 actually like do some gambling on that, I feel like I feel like that would be pretty 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 good bet. All right, I'll I'll contact I'll contact Vegas, get it on the books. Uh, I thought you were gonna say you'll contact Bitcoin. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like it. Uh, yeah. So secondly, um, we don't really have anything like open borders, quote unquote. People are still being held in detention facilities. In fact, uh, Alejandro Mayorkas announced today that aside from unaccompanied minors, the border is effectively shut because there, I will admit, there is a shitload of people approaching the border now. And, and one could make the argument that, yeah, there is probably you know there may be some incentive because maybe people heard oh they're not throwing us in cages and treating us like subhuman so maybe this is a good time to try to approach and get you know asylum or something you know but the situation is like to suggest that it's because biden assumed the presidency two months ago uh is is kind of overshadowing or overlooking the fact that this is a problem that's been like decades and decades in the making wasn't immigration at its highest during the Trump presidency? Well, that's the thing. There was all that scare shit about um, migrant caravans. Like, if all of your policies were such a deterrence, then why were you also saying that we had to worry about migrant caravans? It can't be both. It can't be your policies worked and there's migrant caravans that are an existential threat to the United States. But it can be. I mean, that that's how they make their money, is that cognitive dissonance. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Speaking of cognitive dissonance, uh, Ellen, you were right on about um, so-called crime data. By the yeah. way, in, in that whole thing, they, they never actually get to the source of that data. So, and there's a re there's probably a good reason for that. Uh, th this number has been kicked around for a few years uh, by Brooks previously, and also by Stephen Miller in defense of you know the Trump administration uh, immigration policies. Um, what's important to remember is, Ellen, you were right on. There is no national database that that tracks undocumented people per se and how they uh, and when they commit crimes. That number that Brooks is mis is misrepresenting. It comes from an ICE report, okay? And basically, ICE doesn't 
arrest anyone for murder. They make administrative arrests for violations of immigration law. In other words, if an undocumented person, say, commits a murder and then they are in prison or, or they're being, their case is being adjudicated, at one point, once it's known that they're undocumented, ICE will then take a hold of them, right, once their sentence is complete or they're mm. released, uh, you know, and then they are adjudicated for um, immigration violations, you see? Okay. So, so that's the first thing. Um, so he's probably, Brooks is probably referring to, uh, an ICE report from fiscal year 2018. Now, there's a lot of problems with this. So Brooks is, in, is flat out saying that the numbers indicate that 2000, over 2000 Americans were killed by undocumented persons, uh, in 2018 and it averages around 2000 a year. So a few things, one, those numbers, you can't de-aggregate them. So who's to say that they were American citizens that were killed Right. Number one, mm. they could also be undocumented persons. Number two, um, it's uh, not deaggregated by type of homicide, only homicide. So this could include involuntary manslaughter. OK, not necessarily murder. Oh, so he's getting this supposed number from ICE and ICE got this number because um, these were Administ undocumented migrants that were already arrested for violent crimes, essentially. All kinds of crimes. The top of the list, like 80,000 instances, was like DUI, okay? So in 2018, the arrests include 2,028 incidents of homicide, which 387 uh, incidents of charges, 1,641 incidents where there were convictions. But the problem with that, uh, among other things with deaggregation, is that it only includes incidents, not number of people charged or convicted. So in theory, one person could commit 2,000 um, homicides. You'd never know based on mm. that report alone. So a second thing is it doesn't indicate that all 2,028 uh, homicides occurred in fiscal year 2018. These were only the year. These were only the incidents tied to ad admin arrests made in the fiscal year, which means somebody could have committed oh. a twenty. You see where I'm going? Yeah. So this, they could have done this like five, 10 years ago. Yeah, and they completed their sentence for manslaughter or murder and then are taken into custody on oh. an admin arrest. Oh, yeah, I can see why that's not a, a sexy number to, uh, to actually figure, actually like dissect. Yeah, so that, that's, that's, the, that's likely the number, that's likely the source of these numbers that Brooks is saying. And he's been kicking this around for years. And again, he's got professional staff, which means a couple of things. Either he knows the truth of what he's rep misrepresenting and he's lying. He's too stupid to know what's going on. Or he trusts people uh, around him who told him this number and he didn't bother to fact check it himself. And that person was probably Stephen Miller. Maybe. I don't know. So yeah, so that that right out of the gate, that's that's Brooks. So how, Ellen, how are we feeling about Brooks so far? I mean, it it kind of seems like with some of these pundit types that it almost doesn't matter anymore whether the statistic is true or not to them, which is really honestly sad to me. But it kind of seems like there this is just enough of kind of a nugget to get a um, false or misleading information train going. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And, and, and it doesn't, it's just, we're just, the train's just leaving the station. We're just getting started here. So the interview moves on and John Bachman is not challenging any of the assertions by Brooks. In fact, throughout this quote unquote interview, there's a lot of times where he's not even asking questions. He's just riffing off of Brooks. He's just saying things. Um, this next clip is Brooks' response to a statement, not a question from Bachman, who is pontificating that uh, the Biden administration's immigration policy is a mess and they are repeating the mistakes of President Obama. And then Brooks piles on by implying that Americans dying from synthetic opioid overdoses, like fentanyl, uh, is directly caused by trafficking over the American-Mexican border. Well, let me emphasize something. I talked about 2,000 dead Americans each year at the hands of illegal aliens. The overall situation is much more life-threatening than that. Our poor southern border allows all sorts of narcotics to come into America, which each year result in over 30,000 dead Americans from overdoses. Mm -hmm. So it's not just illegal aliens coming into our country, it's also the illegal narcotics that are imported across our southern border that result in another 30 plus thousand dead Americans each year. And what is happening is not accidental. 
We'll get to the not actually. Oh, we'll get to uh, that. We'll get to that. Okay. Uh, okay. Stay, stay with okay. me. Stay with me. Uh, so the the thirty one thousand. Uh, according, he's probably going from twenty eighteen CDC data, which is the most recent available I could find, at least from a government source. Um, according to uh, the CDC, uh, more than thirty one thousand um, overdose deaths occurred in the U.S. from synthetic opioids uh, in twenty eighteen. By the way, that was a ten percent increase uh, from twenty seventeen. And who was president in twenty seventeen and twenty eighteen? Trump. So to suggest that, you know, it's like his, his wording is obviously misleading. He's trying to say that, you know, oh, all of a sudden people are dying because of Biden, who just took office a couple months ago. Also, isn't a lot of the synthetic fentanyl actually coming from China uh, well, through the mail? Well, the, the, OK, there it, it depends. Yes. So a lot of a lot of fentanyl and carfentanyl uh, is originating in labs in China. There are some um amounts some reports that it's being manufactured uh south of the border and and you know oh yeah i i knew that i do know that some of it is trafficked from um the south but i think there is more and more you can find it online from chinese distributors yes yes uh usually we're gonna usually people when they talk about things like this they're gonna quote uh interdiction and seizure numbers and that type of thing so uh, where so uh, with regard to like where the drugs are coming through uh any any guesses on where where the interdictions and where the drugs actually flow into the u.s from checkpoints ellen any thoughts on that I, I honestly do not know. So, uh, according to Michael Sinclair, writing for the Brookings Institute uh, in a piece from January 15th of this year, most drug seizures occur at major ports of entry uh, on the land border. Now, hmm. yes. Now, see, this makes sense because a semi-truck can, can haul hundreds or thousands of pounds of narcotics. Uh, and those commercial crossings, by the way, are open 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. It never stops. There's too much trade. Um, also, by the way, there's a long history of maritime smuggling, which has nothing to do with, quote, a secure southern land border, you see. So the point here is that Brooks, like many before him and many after, I'm sure, they're implying that, you know, individual people carrying backpacks full of dope are responsible for the opioid epidemic, you Isn't know. More and more, they're also using planes, yeah, it's literally like planes, trains, automobiles, mm. boats, like backpacks, <laughs> pretty s drones. Yeah. It's going to be drones pretty soon. Yeah. yeah. Well, actually, they, uh, uh, criminal criminal uh, syndicates are using drones for various reasons. Well, there you go. See, yeah, I could do yeah. this shit. Exactly. Also, another point. Um, the reason why a major point of why there's such an epidemic of opioid overdose in the United States is because American doctors for years were over prescribing legal opioids for pain mm. management, Correct. Which, which created a ready customer base and created a demand. Now, narcotics manufacturers and traffickers, horrible and predatory as they are, in effect, basically filled that demand. You see, I mean, what, what's the point of a product if nobody wants to buy it? Yeah, so let's get back to that last part. Uh, the it's not accidental. What do you, what do you Ellen? What do you? Where do you think he's going with this? Where do you think Brooks, the this GOP immigration hawk, is going with this? Oh man, I, I'm trying to figure out what on earth it's not accidental. And by not accidental, he's referring to like basically the situation at the border in general. My guess is it's going to be something along the lines of. Because Biden is the president, now all of a sudden people are just rushing into this country because they see him as so welcoming or something along those lines, but I'm not sure. Anna? Um, is this about the drugs specifically? No, no, this is just a general plan. Oh, um, yeah, probably, probably very similar to what Ellen said. Yeah, well, basically Brooks believes that this is a plot uh, from the socialists to keep oh. themselves to keep themselves <laughs> in power it's the socialists how did i not okay. see this coming here we go it is by design because the socialists have figured out that they don't like the votes of american citizens americans who were born here raised here know something about our foundational foundational principles and the best way for these socialists to win elections is to import individuals 
who are not as familiar with the foundational principles that have combined to make us the greatest nation in world history, who are much more likely to live off the government dole and thus much more likely to be in the hip pocket of socialist Democrats on Election Day. Yeah. Uh, Americans. Oh, my God. (laughs) Ellen, give me me your takeaway from what you just heard. Okay. So there were just so many leaps there. It's just like, okay, (laughs) socialists... The socialists don't like the votes of American citizens. <laughs> it's just like, okay, the socialists are in charge of the American government, yet are somehow not American citizens. I have so many questions. <laughs> well, okay, let's, let's, let's start with this one. How about, what, what are your thoughts on, you know, the idea that, you know, socialists, and by socialists, he basically means the Democrats yes. in general. yeah. He's not just talking about DSA, Democratic Socialists of America. Mm. Uh, but Ellen, what, what are your thoughts on his assertion, his blind assertion that, you know, American values, you know, have made America the greatest country in the history of the world? It's got these kind of just background hints of white supremacy to it. It's just like, why? No. What, but why are you saying it that way? Because <laughs> it's, and it's also totally ignoring the history of this country and people there's so many people in this country from different countries and different backgrounds and that's part of america and it just kind of acts like that's not already reality mm-hmm. yep also if i may i know that this is a, a talking point that has been brought up a lot it was like stop the steal nonsense but only american citizens can vote yeah. <laughs> yep. That that that's like number one. Okay. So just having a like um, undocumented people come over the border, that's not that doesn't mean that they're automatically going to be able to vote. That that's not that's not how that works. And also, y'all are the ones restricting Americans voting, not the not the socialists. Okay. <laughs> Are, are you referring to the literally dozens of uh, voter suppression bills across multiple states that are limiting access to people who disproportionately vote for the Democrats? Yes, oh. that is exactly what I'm talking about. Yes. Wow, that's a total coincidence. Could- Crazy how that works, right? <laughs> So, yeah. And, and, you know, speaking of that, by the way, um, and Americans who were born here, I might add that Brooks co-sponsored H.R. Bill 140 of the current Congress, which changes the rules of birthright citizenship so that at least so that at least one parent must be either a citizen or a permanent resident or an armed forces member here on legal business, Um, which, you know, and I know that there's problems in general with like, you know, uh, birthright tourism and stuff like that. I I get that. Okay, but it's a very minor problem if we're being totally honest and like like people say it's a problem but not really yeah and also taken in context of the rest of brooks's bullshit i have a pretty good idea at this point of what the word american means when he says it okay uh (laughs) so moving on so so yeah he just the guy just doesn't stop uh bachman continues and he invokes the fear of coyotes smuggling unaccompanied minors at an increased rate because of Biden policy incentives, right? And they always do this. Like, they always, like, invoke, like, oh, we have to help the children, unless it's, like, social programs, and they don't want to help the children. They don't so, give a shit about the children. Yeah, not, help- not in actuality. They, it's, easy, it's an easy talking point, but in actuality, they don't, they don't care. Yeah, and admit, and I, I, I will make a point. Like, as much as Democrats do talk a good game, there's been a lot of unfulfilled promises throughout oh. history. Oh yeah, it, it's 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 a different kind of propaganda. I just want to take a second to say that. Where, where is the the Republicans are trying to move forward on things that are like you know pernicious, harmful, racist, xenophobic, and awful? The Democrats will promise to be like the foil to all that, and then they don't deliver, which is harmful in a different way. So just, also, if I may. Using a save the children talking point smacks of QAnon. Oh, that's Q bullshit. Yeah. Mm. Or or Q just knew that that was a thing that gets a lot of traction. Who's going to disagree with that? You know, it's it's both. But anyways, yeah. So Bachman moves on, uh, talks about coyotes on his company miners and Brooks responds with uh, some dubious concerns about the economics of services for undocumented people. 
there is a long trail of human tragedy behind what Joe Biden and Kamala Harris are foisting on the American people. There is also an economic hardship. The cost to American taxpayers at the city, county, state, and federal level, net tax loss, is estimated to be in the neighborhood of $200 billion per year. That's money that could have gone to help Americans, mm. but now it's going to help illegal aliens. But that's just the tip of the iceberg. You've also got wage suppression because employers can hire cheap illegal alien labor rather than American citizens. You also have American citizens who are losing job opportunities because those illegal aliens are willing to work at cut rate wages. So there's a lot there. Mm. There's a lot there. Um, let, let's, let's start with that number, the 200 billion in tax revenue and all that stuff. I didn't even bother chasing that one down because that's not the main thrust of what he's saying. I'll, 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 I will give it to him that it's a number that big. So we'll start with that. Okay. Uh, do, do either of you get the feeling that Mo Brooks is the type of man who uses his congressional power to vote, to use tax revenue to help anyone? No. Yeah, probably not. Yeah, no, he's he's definitely not. His voting record suggests that he's very much pro business. No, I was about to say he smacks a little bit libertarian. Yeah, no, 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 no. He, I'll tell you how 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 good this guy is. Mo Brooks initially held out on the GOP's answer to the American, uh, um, um uh, the Affordable Care Act, the American Health Care Act. He held out in March of 2017 because he said it was a big welfare scam. This is Paul Ryan's proposed replacement of the ACA was a welfare scam, according to Mo Brooks. Okay, that's he he was just like, we should just get rid of Obamacare and then be done with it. You know, don't replace it with anything. That's Mo Brooks. He did wow. eventually he did eventually vote for it after the Freedom Caucus finagled some um, some amendments into it. Right. And it, it died on the vine anyway, because it sucked. Mm. But yeah, funny how people don't like you taking their health care. <laughs> Whoopsie. Yep. Uh, also, with regard to jobs and all that stuff, Trump in 2020, in the middle of the pandemic, already issued a freeze on green cards and certain kinds of visas, ostensibly to reserve jobs that would be taken by non-citizens for American citizens affected by the pandemic. I don't know if there was any meaningful uh, result in that one. I'll also say this. You, you notice how he was talking about... Um, People taking, you know, uh, undocumented persons taking jobs and, and wage suppression and shit like that, right? Yeah. Old talking point. Would you believe me if I told you that that is one of the oldest debates, like basically since the uh, uh, the American Border Patrol existed? Yeah, it's it's been around even longer than that. Mm-hmm. Yep. So... One of the first, when, when the Border Patrol was created in 1924, right, I'm just quick history lesson. One of the big debates between people in power, which is to say white people with influence, again, 1924, uh, were between nativists who were so racist that they didn't want, um, well, at the, they specifically singled out Mexican people. So uh, they didn't want Mexicans in the country for any reason because they're so goddamn racist. And then you had agriculture um, businessmen who needed them as a labor force. That was the only reason why any of them were allowed in at all. And that was that is the debate that it, as it was then, that is the debate that continues today, is that people who own business, agriculture businesses basically knew that, well, let's, let's call it what it was, white people weren't going to do these jobs, right? They just weren't. They weren't going to do it then. They're not doing it now, okay? And speaking for California agriculture, because I don't know about other labor forces, um, it became clear during the pandemic uh, that uh, the labor force in California's agriculture economy, which is like a huge part of the state's economy and a huge part of food production for the whole fucking country, those people would were deemed essential workers. According to the New York Times, uh, it's pretty much been an open secret for years that a substantial portion of this uh, workforce is undocumented, but, you know, billions of dollars on the line, who was going to enforce that shit, you know? Oh, yeah. I mean, I went to, I grew up with people who were undocumented. Either their parents were or they themselves were. That was just, part of how we grew up you know mm-hmm mm-hmm so yeah that's that's pretty much mo brooks uh he he's using old old talking points so uh, yeah uh i just want to take a minute and i want to shift focus real quick 
to the guy interviewing him, air Mm. quotes, uh, Bachman, right? So this next clip is Bachman. Again, he's not asking any questions, uh, but he's offering an opinion on the Biden administration's commentary and reaction to questions about the situation uh, on the border. And here's the part that concerns me, quote, it requires a whole of government coordinated and sustained response. They also provided us with some screenshots of their stats here, but they didn't give us any photos or their facilities. And anytime I hear the words, a whole of government coordinated sustained response, that's not really designed to solve the problem. That's designed to spend more money on an issue to keep it going to sustain it because they seem to like this, what's happening on the southern border. What the fuck does that even mean? Also, it requires a lot of government agencies because each agency specializes in a specific thing. I, 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 yeah, and I don't even know what the hell he's getting at. Also, it's like anytime I hear whole of government, the, the response that how, how the fuck often are you hearing that? Sp- <laughs> you know, right. What the fuck is that? Oh, it's like, oh, it's that old trope, whole response of government. <laughs> Basically, what I'm hearing is the government doing anything and not like his problem is that it's not being referred to for-profit prisons which by the way still operate and house a lot of the undocumented people at our border yep 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 so i i I guess i'll take a moment to ask each of you to with Bachman, right? Uh, he's worked for Newsmax for years, like at least all, nearly a decade, maybe more. I always uh, forget that it's been around that long. Do uh, do so? Uh, you know all this like anti-immigrant, this xenophobic rhetoric. Uh, do you think this is a recent thing, like with the ascendancy of Trump, or do you think like he's he's more or less been been an asshole like this for a <laughs> while? <laughs> uh, t- uh, taking bets. We're taking Bitcoin bets again. Okay. Um, go ahead, Ellen. I, I would say just a sheer guess that this guy has probably been like this um, for a while. I feel like Trump has brought more kind of people feeling like it's okay to, to talk about things this way. But I, if I had to guess, I would say has always had this kind of a bent. Anna? Um, I would agree. And it's only because these talking points about migration from the southern border have been things that I've been hearing for at least 20 years. Yeah. Well, I mean, what if I told you that Bachman gave a particularly infamous interview in July of 2013? In July of 2013, Bachman interviewed former U.S. Representative Steve King regarding <laughs> regarding immigration policy now this yeah also Ellen, also yeah. remember that steve king represented a state that was nowhere near the southern border okay correct, correct. iowa right yes but but their their agriculture was was in play right mm. we talk about people and agriculture uh, ellen you're familiar with steve king I, I don't remember who that is. I feel like if I if I saw an article or something, I'd be like, oh, that's that guy. But I don't if you, remember. If you saw a picture of him, you would 100% recognize him. Yeah. So so Steve King said a lot of fucked up things. And um, this this interview, which it, granted, at least this was an interview. Bachman was actually asking questions this time. Uh, it was done in the context of the so-called Gang of Eight immigration bill, which was a bipartisan, uh, excuse me, bipartisan effort to uh, um to basically amend and overhaul immigration policy in the United States, right? It actually passed with like wide margins in the Senate and then died in the House of Representatives. And among other things, it proposed a path to citizenship for undocumented persons already in the United States, okay? And here's Bachman asking King about that particular part of it in uh, as uh, what he calls amnesty. Would you describe amnesty as anything that allows people who are in this country illegally for any amount of time, for any reason, uh, that if those folks are eventually allowed to gain full citizenship, that's what you would define as amnesty? That's pretty close, John. I mean, I, I, you know, I defined it as a pardon and a reward, a pardon for immigration lawbreakers coupled with the reward of the objective of their crime. 
I think that your definition is very close to that of mine. And you know, there doesn't mean that there aren't groups of people in this country that, uh, you know, that I have sympathy for. I do. And there are kids that were brought into this country by their parents unknowing that they were breaking the law. And they will say to me and others who defend the rule of law, we have to do something about the 11 million. And some of them are valedictorians. Well, my answer to that is, and then, by the way, their parents brought them in. It wasn't their fault. It's true in some cases, but they aren't all valedictorians. They weren't all brought in by their parents. Uh, for everyone who's a valedictorian, there's another 100 out there that um, they weigh 130 pounds and they've got calves the size of cantaloupes because they're hauling 75 pounds of marijuana across the desert. Those people would be legalized with the same act. Yeah, that was probably one of his most infamous quotes, and Bachman never pushed back on that at all. I love the wide eyes, Ellen. Yeah. <laughs> this is the first time <laughs> if anybody could see my eyes right now. <laughs> Yeah, oh, so that, uh, yes, and he continued on in, that's Steve King uh, being interviewed by John Bachman. Uh, and and that, that man continued on uh, to represent the state of Iowa until 2020, I believe. It was um, really recently. It was, and the, he, when he finally, he was finally ousted because he explicitly asked the question rhetorically, I guess, what's the big deal about terms like white supremacy and white nationalism? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So wow. after using dog whistles for a couple decades, he flat out said what we all knew about him and the GOP couldn't cover for him anymore. And he got he lost in a primary because all his funding dried up because everybody who may have, you know, tolerated his bullshit before was like, oh, crap, that sound bites out there. We can't hide it anymore. At least that's that's me thinking what they were doing anyway. Oh, it's 100 percent true. He he'd said way worse things than that that were forgiven ignored swept under the rug all of that thing but you know he he tried to pull a trump and just saying it and then it didn't but it didn't work for him yep 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 and by the way uh steve king was also a speaker at the america first political action conference in orlando a few weeks ago uh with uh, along with current u.s rep from arizona paul gosser that do you know afpac ellen do you know what that is i've I've heard of that. I don't, I couldn't give like an actual <laughs> definition of it, but I know I've heard of it. Do you know what CPAC was, is? Yeah. Okay. So AFPAC is uh, put on um, most publicly, the face of it is Nick Fuentes. Nick Fuentes is an out and out white supremacist. He is a white nationalist. He makes no bones about that. Huge anti-Semite. Uh, and he created the America First Political Action Conference because he's too far to the right for CPAC because he says explicitly, yeah, Ooh, wow. yeah, yeah. And Paul Gosser and Steve King gave talks at that. You know, like this, you know, this dude like hangs out with Sebastian Gorka. He's one of those guys. God, that. Yeah. So Gorka. anyways, <laughs> yeah, I'll do, I'll do an episode. weird on dude. Like he's just weird dude. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's, uh, but getting back to the Brooks interview, um, Brooks finally gets to what he's really concerned about. And you might, this might sound like you just heard this just a second ago. If the socialist Democrats can in fact give amnesty and citizenship to all illegal aliens in America, a bedrock campaign promise of Joe Biden on October 22nd at the nationally televised debate out of Nashville, Tennessee, if they can do that, yeah. then by golly, they have hit the voter jackpot and they believe that they will be ensconced in power for decades to come and be able to impose their socialist dictatorial will on the American people with American people having no recourse. Okay, so uh, Ellen, first, take a guess on what the socialist dictatorial will is that he describes. Oh, man. Healthcare? <laughs> I don't know that. I mean, what is it's hard for me to understand what's supposed to be so scary about these Democrat policies. <laughs> no, no. Socialist policies. Socialists, right. The socialists. Yes. By, the, by the way, the I new mean, communists. Bro yes. But, but by the way, I mean, Brooks is a public official gets money from public funds, but whatever. Um, I was about to say, who's, Paying his salary? Yeah. So, Seems like so, he's been benefiting from socialism just fine. Mm -hmm. So, uh, Anna, what do you think? Uh, what do you think Brooks's uh, examples of the socialist dictatorial will are? Healthcare is definitely one of them. Okay. Uh, you, 
defunding the police, um, like not understanding what that actually means. Right, right. Um, oh, abolishing prisons, maybe. But that one's like a lesser talking point these days. Mm-hmm. Um, like open borders. That's a big one. Right, right. Um, yeah, like those kinds of things. Well, uh, and those are, uh, you, you, from both of you, those are great guesses. Those make sense. Those are those make sense from the lens of someone who is paranoid about social services. And, and if you want to twist facts, then yes, you can create talking points that make sense to people who are very much against social services. Uh, Brooks does none of that. Oh. So I tricked you. He doesn't bring that up ever again. He makes no, he just says <laughs> socialist dictatorial will, and then he pretends like he never said it. That's it. Just that's it. He just oh. lets his comments stand for what it is and offers no fucking explanation. Well, because he used the term socialist, so you're already scared. <laughs> so, you know, it doesn't matter what he says after that. True. You just know that socialism equals bad. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. There you go. Anyways, yeah, so that's 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 pretty much that. Um, by the way, I will um also reiterate what Anna point out earlier is that there are literally dozens of laws being proposed at the state level in multiple states designed to restrict access to voting for people who are u.s citizens as you said anna um and by the way i acknowledge that both republicans and democrats engage in gerrymandering they both do this it's fucked up they shouldn't do it but voter suppression is a darling of the gop lately uh basically their behavior indicates that uh they know that the more people vote uh, the fewer seats there are for the GOP. I, I, I think it's pretty much clear at this point. Mitch McConnell literally admitted that like two days ago. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he did, he, he did say that, didn't he? Yes, he did. Yeah. Anyways, so uh, Bachman moves to wrap up the interview uh, with an actual question, and it is about forgiveness for Jeff Sessions. <laughs> but, you know, I, I got to think about Jeff Sessions as well. You know, he was uh, recently quoted in an article with Reuters saying it was unfortunate that migrant children were separated from their families. But he knows now, like a lot of people do, that if you open the borders and you create this incentive, you're only going to have more kids in detention centers in this country. Does, does Jeff Sessions deserve an apology? You know, some, some people in the media blasted him for quoting the Bible when he was talking about a zero tolerance policy. But we know that the, the design of that policy was to prevent to provide, you know, to, to create a disincentive for these people to come. Okay, well, it was designed to present a disincentive, a very cruel disincentive. This is from uh, this is from that Reuters article that he's referring to. Quote, it was unfortunate, very unfortunate, that somehow the government was not able to manage these children in a way that they could be re- reunited properly, Sessions said. Um, it turned out to be more of a problem than I think any of us imagined it would be. So I don't know if I buy that last part. So, so no, I don't think Sessions deserves a fucking apology from anyone. Uh, it's just, you know, and, and they're referring to, again, the zero tolerance policy at, uh, at the Southern border. And, and this kind of goes into something that he's going to talk about, but it, it's, you know, it's the practice before this of the U.S. to, you know, yeah, there is a separation of children from their parents, even if they're accompanied. And there's a very good reason. Are you familiar with that one, Ellen? That's that's actually uh, um, a consent decree uh, from the 90s, actually. It was a big legal huh. case. Yeah. Also, if I may, they're using another, without actually saying what it is, um, they're using another Clinton-era immigration idea which is called um, prevention through deterrence. Yeah, yeah, uh, uh, yeah. Uh, you know, and to a degree, the Obama administration did engage in this in somewhat. Every, or, uh, pretty much every administration has fucked this up one way or another in se- the last several decades. And it's just they, the GOP and the Democrats kind of take turns blaming the other one for it, and they all suck. So I, I acknowledge that there's they they all suck. Do you know what? Um prevention through deterrences, Ellen? I've heard of it, yeah. Um, It's basically, you know, saying that, like, you have to come through a check, like, uh, a border crossing, and um, if you, like, don't want to go through a border crossing, you have to go through truly horrific landscapes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, And part of the deterrence is these... incredibly 
desolate deserts with no water. Um, and also the deaths of migrants was also part of that deterrence. Mm -hmm. So it was the environment and also the deaths of migrants who came before them that our government thought of as a, an adequate deterrence for migration coming from the southern border. And did it work? No. Oh, pity. It is a low estimate. This is a low estimate of how many migrants have died like in in this like these deterrence zones essentially is 10,000. Wow. That's fucked and up. And that is a very low number. Uh, most most people assume that it like um most people who you know leave water out for the migrants like those those kinds of groups um that's a low number this isn't this is an estimation from our own government is ten thousand. damn that is fucked up jesus oh that's depressing i don't even want to do this anymore <laughs> okay yeah. i will i will it's, i will i mean this these policies are still in place Yep. And speaking of Bill Clinton uh, policies, so to speak, um, Brooks responds to Bachman uh, asking about, you know, apologies for Jeff Sessions. Um, and his response is kind of an old one. Basically, he blames family separation uh, on Bill Clinton. Well, let me be real clear about this for just a moment. The reason there was a family separation policy was because Democrat forces settled Bill Clinton, and if I recall correctly, then Attorney General Janet Reno, yep. settled this issue, and it required that settlement agreement, Voices on America, mm -hmm. through the judiciary, as opposed through statutory means through the United States Congress and our elected representatives, required the separation of children from the adults. So that's why you saw the separation under George Bush, under Barack Obama, under Donald Trump, and to some degree, now under Joe Biden, it's because of a Bill Clinton settlement agreement entered into way back in the 1990s. So uh, while he is misrepresenting this, Brooks is technically correct in certain regards. Yeah. He's, re he's referring to what's known as the Flores settlement or the Flores consent decree. OK, um, I'll, I'll link a few articles in the show notes. But basically, this is what happened. Conditions were so horrible for minors detained by INS in the 1980s and 1990s that there was a lawsuit. That lawsuit made it all the way to the Supreme Court. Now, the courts inevitably sided somewhat with the government. OK, but it, ultimately, there was a consent decree that was agreed to, I believe, in 1997. Uh, and among other things included, minors, even accompanied ones, based on this consent decree, had to be released from INS custody within a few weeks, okay? And it also established standards of care that had to be observed that were not there before, all right? So before the zero tolerance policy and before Stephen Miller got his little rat claw Nosferatu <laughs> hands on it, uh, it was it, it was generally accepted that if, you know, there were children involved and, you know, they had to be released within a few weeks, um, you know, because they couldn't be held indefinitely like an adult can pending, um, you know, immigration proceedings. Basically, the whole family would be released together pending your court case, right? You're effectively uh, released on your own recognizance. Mm. That stopped under uh, Donald Trump's zero tolerance policy, a policy that, by the way, was so unpopular that it was more or less uh, reversed within a few months, you know, once people got wind to what was going on. But that's what he's referring to. And he's trying to say, he's trying to make a false equivalency that what happened under Trump is exactly what was happening the entire time since 1997. The follow-on talking point for the GOP is sometimes maybe we should just get rid of the Flores uh, consent decree altogether, you know, in some regulatory way, under the auspices that it would be more humane not to separate families. But what that ends up doing is gets rid it gets rid of the standards of care for unaccompanied and accompanied minors, number one. And number two, that means that in theory, those minors are held with their families, but they're also held indefinitely with their families mm. for as long as it takes, you see? And it's no longer two separate court cases with uh, minors being considered on their own and adults being considered on their own. It's one family. And the statistics would suggest that it's far less likely that those minors are then allowed into the United States for any humane reason. Yeah. 
that's the main reason why GOP hawks want to get rid of the Flores Agreement, and they say that it's to, quote, help the children. So, yeah, that's Mo Brooks, who is now running for, uh, announced his intention to run for the U.S. Senate with the help of Stephen Miller. Oh, um, oh, one last thing. Stephen Miller. Uh, we were talking about everything's related. Stephen Miller actually um, was involved. He was an aide to Jeff Sessions when Jeff Sessions was a senator in 2013. And he was instrumental in lobbying against uh, that uh, Gang of Eight immigration reform bill back in 2013. That's where he got his cred as an immigration hawk. Wow. So, yeah. Yeah. So that, I, that was thoroughly depressing and nobody covered this interview at all because this is just the type of shit that brooks says constantly he misrepresents um deaths he misrepresents uh you know causation versus correlation of you know drug trafficking and how that affects you know the opioid epidemic um and he he tries to play it like there's some like socialist quote like socialist is a bad word um plot to like impose import quote-unquote votes as if these people are fucking goods or something like that and not human beings so anyways uh recap how do we feel about mo brooks are we going to vote for him are are we going to donate to his campaign who's his challenger (laughs) (laughs) right that's what i want to know yeah i know right in the primary probably be some guy who's slightly less douchey than he is but anyways uh Ellen, I, I, I know you, I don't know what your specialty in terms of practicing law is, but just as a, you seem like someone, as far as I know, that likes to help people. You have a humanitarian streak to you. So she from, does. Yeah. So from that standpoint, what are your, what are your thoughts on this fuck face? I, I mean, this congressman. I feel like a lot of the things that he talked about, it's like raising blame without taking any ownership over solving problems or other ways that you could deal with issues. Like one of the examples that stood out to me was the wage suppression argument. It's just like, okay, putting aside that there's the history of racism and things around that, what is this guy doing to try to help raise people's wages? It just seems like there's all this kind of like throwing things out there, but not doing anything meaningful to deal with the problems and maybe doing things that maybe harm the problems and make it worse. So yeah, not a fan. Yeah. You nailed it. He, in that whole interview, he doesn't mention one solution, only problems that the quote unquote socialists are coming up with, but yeah, not a single member of the GOP voted for a minimum wage increase. Correct. Uh, that is correct. In fact, a couple of Democrats voted against it too. Oh, I know. Kristen Cinema gives bisexuals a bad name. Like she knows how much that could have affected um, queer people and especially queer people of color that could literally have saved the lives of other queer people. And just how casually she was just like, no. Oh, the thumbs down yeah. thing? Aww. Like, no, 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 nah, nah, not happening here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's... Yeah, he the Mo Brooks is an evil little sawed off little prick, and I hate him. And <laughs> I, I, I know that's not very like intellectual of me. Yeah, the, all got, the, the diplomacy is gone. At this yeah, point. no, I, 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 I feel like I, I did my analysis part. I, right. I put my facts out there, and that's my 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 amateur professional, you know, opinion is he's a sawed off, hateful little prick. <laughs> and you know, I actually don't know how tall he is, but. In, in my mind, he's four foot eleven. So nothing also, against short people. When I was talking about um, like migrants dying on the border, um, it was I actually learned a lot about that from a Caitlin Doty video. She's mm-hmm. Ask a Mortician on on YouTube. Um, mm-hmm. We will link that video down oh, yeah. below. It's it's I think it's only like seven ten minutes, but it talks about why a lot of these bodies aren't found. Hmm. Um, and oh god, it's yeah. spoiler. It's animals, yeah. but um. Yeah, um, but it's still a good video, and she offers a lot of um, organizations which you can donate to that help migrants at the border. And there are some, I, God, they're like angels of the border, something like that, who go out and leave gallons of water for migrants crossing these dangerous areas. So if you have some extra money, again, uh, video will be down there. Um, We'll we'll give you some some links. 
Right on, right on. Uh, and that that was pretty much our show. Uh, I think that's a good note to end it on. Uh, Ellen, you got anything for our listeners? Any any words of hope? Words of hope. Well, this wasn't really a words of hope kind of episode, <laughs> but I guess I'll just say keep um, everybody keep fact checking things. Don't just believe something because you heard it on some kind of thing that calls itself news. Yeah, fact check us for God's sake. Yeah. I'll, I'll, yeah. Inc- I'll include all my source links, please. If I if I miss something, please hit us up on that one. You know, I I am only human. Um, Sorry, when you said like. <laughs> I'm thinking of Brooklyn Nine-Nine when you said that, like, oh, a message of hope. A message of hope right here. Everything (laughs) is garbage. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, on that note, (laughs) that that was our show. Uh, Big thanks to uh, our friend Ellen for stopping in to hang out with us. Yeah, thank you. You know? Loved loved having you. Everybody, you can follow uh, the show on Twitter at ConsequencePod. You can follow me on Twitter at StopTalkingMatt. If you enjoy the podcast, please express that joy in the form of a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or subscribing to the podcast on your preferred platform. Maybe share a link uh, to the show with someone who wants to get in on the conversation. And again, if we missed anything, you know, by all means, reach out to us. Until then, uh, keep your heads down, everybody. Buddy and the socialists are gonna give you health care and yeah again i met the socialists they're not scary they're not so bad they're not so bad uh all right let's everyone have a good one. till next week later bye